Sawate Diskibli and Sawate Omnes. Welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman's, where your boy is taking quite a bit of a hiatus. I know February's been a bit of a tough month in general, and, um, you know, I've just kind of had to throw my energy towards things that are, well, my responsibilities in my life right now, aka my job more so. So, trying to come back, trying to give you guys something to uh, to percolate on a little bit. Got a myth coming down the pike here today. I thought I would do a Latin myth for once. In fact, if you haven't heard of the origin story, Romulus and Remus, that's what I'm going to be getting into as well as diving into the ideological understanding of why we have this myth. Of course, yeah, it is an origin myth, but maybe there's a little bit more in there. Maybe there are some Easter eggs that we can pull and garner from. And, uh, well, you'll just have to wait and see. Would really appreciate support wherever you can. My Spotify rating, Apple Podcast rating. Go hit me up on TikTok. I keep on going over there quite often. It's an easier way for me to put out content, and it's a seamless way. So. If you're missing some of the podcast stuff, just bop on over to TikTok. I'm going to be doing my language stuff. Sometimes I'll entertain here and there just a little bit of a, well, you know, I've been having people reach out to me about product stuff as of recent. So shout out Gut Guardian. You can get $10 off of your order. Um, If you go to Gut Guardian, type in Liam64728, the discount code. Again, I will provide that in the show notes. But again, Liam64728. I'm always going to be, well, I'm not going to be vetting anything that I don't fully believe in and or support. And if I have people reaching out to me about supplements or, you know, health-related issues, you know, or health-related issues, but health-related things in general, Those are the things that I will support if I feel like they have a good message, MO, and um, they aren't just trying to make a quick buck. So I really support these guys. It's a nutritional insurance. uh, You know, that's the way I kind of think about it. Anything and everything that I take is just a means to uh, help me feel a little bit better, especially with right now. Um, Yeah, I'm just, I'm a little tired continually tired. And um, yeah, unfortunately, I just got to keep on going on, keep on doing what I'm doing. And hopefully you guys can see that uh, I could use some help from my supporters. So you can support me with buying some good guardian, I get a little small commission from that. Um, And if you guys are curious about any of the things that I actually have been vetting, over um, over my TikTok, uh, stay tuned. But I, you know, the lapel mic, that thing is a little bit of a small commission that I'll make. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, not trying to plug myself and and be all like, uh, you know, here's a bunch of stuff, blah, blah, blah. But hey, teaching is tough. We see it all on TikTok now. It seems like I am just getting fed teacher stuff on teacher stuff on how difficult it is, how rough it is, how it's not getting better, how we're having high schoolers with 
illiteracy all the way up into their senior year. I mean, we're we're dealing with a lot of different adverse things within our education field. And um, the problem is, is that nobody wants to address it because the people that don't really care, aka the students, are too apathetic to really take charge of their education a lot of the time. That's not the grand total, but there is the sum that makes up for um, kind of a large percentage in this. It's not just a small percentage, it's a larger percentage. And I could get on to many stories. I commiserate with a lot of teachers about a lot of different scenarios. And uh, yeah, we're all, we're all tired. We're all kind of done with it. We're done with the levels and layers of being a teacher. Yo, I didn't think that I was ever going to be a teacher. I love being a teacher. I just want to teach though. I don't want to have to deal with all these different layers that make my job so much more difficult and or administration, specifically one admin, that are just liars. You know, I can't stand liars. And if you have a boss that's a liar that you can't trust, then it's kind of, it kind of makes the, the workplace a volatile situation. Fact. There are more people hitting up HR about this quote-unquote liar of an administrator. So we'll see because the dude's self-serving and we all see it. We all know it and he's a politician. And you know what? We see that it's all about you. It's all about you and you say that it's about everybody else, but you're a liar. And we know what liars look like. And I really know what liars look like because I myself used to be a liar. I used to be a liar about a lot of very inconsequential things until I realized that it was just really hurting my soul. Hurting my soul because I lied in order to make myself look better for people that, you know what? I, I'm already a pretty rockin' star individual. Hell yeah. I'm cool. You're cool. We're all cool. And we don't need to lie about being cooler than we already are. However, there are certain people that just want to lie for the sake of lying to an, or to vet their own agenda and to push their agenda and to push their own self-serving um, uh, modus operandi, M.O. So, uh, yeah, those are people that just want to build their resume for they themselves. Not about it. So with that being said, and with that little bit of a rant, let's get into Romulus and Remus and let's talk about it. Let's dive into the myth itself, of which was written by me, and then we'll talk about its ideological implications. Love you guys. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for understanding that life is tough, and this year has been tough, man. I feel like ever since mid-October hit, like right after my brother's wedding, everything just started to take a nosedive for me. It's just been so much of a grind and a grind and a grind. And, you know, I will always show up as my competent self and my, my job. But the problem is, is that even when I'm grinding and I'm pushed down and I'm continually pushed down, but still having to show my competency, of which I am very capable of, I'm still 
not lauded, not seen, and instead, not understood. I don't know why I threw in the instead, but really what I meant with instead was instead, they just give me more stuff because they don't understand that I'm really dog tired and I'm really sick and that I've been dealing with a lot of things. It's like they totally forgot that I deal with all these autoimmune stuff that left me without or like having to take time off quite a bit last semester. It's like they don't really care. It's like, you know what? Just keep on going, man. And I'm going to keep on going. But guess what? I'm going to hit a wall and I'm going to have to stop. And I'm done. So I'm going to do the best that I can with what I have now. But that being said, I'm just done. I'm ready to I'm ready to invest myself because my health is just going on the wayside because of this stupid freaking job that I flesh my heart and soul out to and these kids that just don't care. They don't care. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, way off in a far away land in the cradles of time and amidst the whispers of ancient gods and the rustles of the Tiber's waters arose a tale of both grand and eternal divinity, if you will. The myth of Romulus and Remus. Once in the heart of Italia, where hills kissed the sky and forests whispered secrets, there dwelled a vestal princess named Rea Silva. Spelt Rea Silvia, but again Latin pronounced V's as W, so Rea Silvia. She ordained, rather by the fate and bound by the duty, tended to the sacred flames of Vestia. Her beauty radiant as the dawn, her spirit as untamed as the wind. But the gods, in their capricious dance, cast their gaze upon her, and Mars, the god of war, was ensnared by her allure. Beneath the moon's soft glow, amidst the silken whispers of night, their love blazed fierce and forbidden. And from this union, two twin sons were born, Romulus and Remus heirs to both mortal and divine. Yet, fate, ever a master weaver, ordained a cruel twist. For jealousy festered in the hearts of men, and Amulius, the usurper king, sought to quench the flame of their divine lineage. Thus the babes were cast adrift upon the currents of the Tiber, cradled by the river's gentle embrace. But the river, in its wisdom, bore them to safety, where they were discovered by a she-wolf, fierce and noble, who suckled them as her own, her heart stirred by a primal bond that transcended, transcended blood. Excuse me. Raised in the wild, amidst the whispers of the forest and the ancient songs of the earth, Romulus and Remus grew strong. 
their spirits unyielding as the mountains, their destiny intertwined with the very fabric of Rome itself. Years passed and the brothers, the brothers, the brothers, the brothers, forged in the crucible of adversity, emerged as the companions and champions of their people. Their names whispered in reverence, their deeds etched upon the annals of time. But destiny, like a river's course, is oft fraught with treacherous bends. Ambition stirred within their hearts, a temptuous fire that threatened to consume them whole. For Romulus, emboldened by visions of grandeur, sought to raise a city, a beacon of civilization amidst the untamed wilderness. And so it was upon the Palatine Hill that the foundations of Rome were laid the soil stained with sweat and sacrifice, the echoes of hammer and chisel ringing through the ages. But the bond of brotherhood, once unbreakable, now strained beneath the weight of ambition and pride. In a moment of madness, amidst the clash of swords and the cries of men, fratricide, stained the earth a crimson testament to the fragility of mortal bonds. Frater in the Latin means brother. Side comes from the akido akidere in Latin, which means to kill. Fratricide means to kill the brother. It's where you get homicide, the killing of a man. It's where you get genocide, the killing of a clan, type race, people. It's where you get suicide, suis, his, own, her own, their own. It's a relative pronoun. And then suicibisese is going to be the reflexive pronoun. Sorry for the little intermission there. Intermeaning between, mission coming from ito, matere, ascending. Ascending in between. Now back to it because fratricide stained this earth. Yet from the ashes of tragedy, a phoenix rose for Rome, like her founders, and was forged in the crucible of strife. And so Romulus, with a heavy heart and eyes cast skyward, ascended to the heavens, where he became a god, immortalized in the annals of legend, and thus the myth of Romulus and Remus endures, a testament to the indomitable spirit of mankind, to the internal dance of fate and free will, for in its hearts lies the ideological seed of Rome, a city born of blood and ambition, yet tempered by the bonds of brotherhood and the promise of greatness. The myth of Romulus and Remus holds profound ideological implications. For me, it serves as a foundational narrative imbued with symbolic significance for the Roman Empire in general. In fact, if we were to get into what ideology means, in its context refers to the study of origins and explanations for the existence of natural phenomena. 
So ideology is basically explaining the unexplainable. And so diving into it, I would say the first one would be the founding of Rome. At its core, the myth explains the origins of Rome itself. The story portrays Romulus and Remus as the city's legendary founders establishing Rome's divine lineage and the legitimizing of its authority. Who ended up winning? Well, Romulus, Rome, Remus, Rome. Who did you think ended up winning? Well, seeing that Romulus ascended as the god, probably Romulus. Sounds very similar. Can we hearken upon other stories within religion or within other sort of cultures that kind of dive into this, uh, this concept of fratricide and the promise of greatness? I think this narrative provided the Roman people with a sense of identity and pride, and it anchored them to a glorious past in shaping their collective conscience in a way. In fact, it also talks about and hearkens upon divine ancestry. The myth kind of intertwines mortal and divine elements as the twins are both born of the union between mortal princess Rhea Silvia and the god Mars, then that divine lineage elevates the status of Rome in general. So the founder is from both a mortal princess but a god. So basically kind of like that pseudo-Herculean dealio. And uh, with that, that divine lineage kind of elevates uh, the status of Rome. It helps to reinforce the idea of Roman exceptionalism with the city destined for greatness by virtue of its divine origins itself. Mars is a, you know, the god of war, right? Lots of oomph, right? It also kind of ideologically explains civilization versus wilderness in a way, kind of that, that dichotomy, di meaning two, otomy, the cutting between, so the cutting between two essentially. The contrast between the wild, untamed nature of Romulus and Remus's upbringing and their eventual establishment of Rome symbolizes, symbolizes the transition from barbarianism to civilization. The myth highlights the transformative power, really in my opinion, the power of human ingenuity and ambition, because we see how Rome becomes this basically force of nature in general as a city in history as well as the role of the urbanization of its shaping the society and the society surrounding as well as just societies further upon that brought uh, that hearkened upon uh, concepts that the Roman Empire imbued within their um, creation. We have fraternity and conflict. The tragic fratricide between Romulus and Remus reflects the tension between unity and discord co and cooperation versus competition, and their conflict embodies the complexities of human relationships and human nature, and really the struggles inherent in the quest kind of for power and dominance. Brothers be brothers, I guess. We see this with Cain and Abel, like I had mentioned prior. Can you think of a, symbol, a similar situation? I mean, Cain and Abel, that was fratricide. Despite their shared heritage and bond, they ultimately were driven apart by ambition and rivalry. 
And because of that, Romulus and Remus end up going fisticuffs, and one's the victor and one's the dead. Deady dead, dead, dead. It's cautionary, in my opinion, though. It's a cautionary tale, a tale about consequence. And when the ego goes unchecked, because Romulus kind of could eventually show, or not eventually, could very well show um, unchecked power that kind of shows later on in history through, you know, the vying for the throne throughout so many different centuries, all the way until the fall of the Roman Empire. You know, after the Pax Romana, I mean, when you end up having five emperors all at once, y'all, like, where's the chain of command there? You know, there was just such a crumbling of the empire after a while when more people wanted that power. You see Julius Caesar, where he kind of starts to get really, 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 really twitterpated over all this power, where he starts putting this face on the denarii, he starts erecting statues of him, he starts basically strong-arming the Senate to make sure that they pass all of which he wants, and if they don't, then he's going to go ahead and send a bunch of Roman thugs to go beat them up and show them a little bit of a message so that for next time, if they vote against Caesar, they're going to get a little bit more of some of that um for the umph, a.k.a. breaking your cheekbone with a small hammer and then maybe I'm going to kill you. Lastly, I think this goes into explaining imperialism and expansion. The myth also mirrors Romans and Rome's imperialistic aspirations and territorial expansion. Romulus's vision to build a city signifies Rome's ambition to conquer and establish dominion over surrounding territories, extending its influence and control. And you see this in history and how vast the Roman Empire was, stretching all the way from Britannia, aka modern Britain, all the way, all the way as far west as that, as well as Spain and Portugal and all of Northern Africa, all of that area, Carthage, Lepsis Magna, going all the way down into Egypt, around Judah, Judea, Cyprus, Hungary, Troy, Turkey. You got that whole Black Sea area, not really around it, but kind of touching upon the more Southern portions of it. I mean, just look up a picture. Because the myth, in my opinion, like I said, kind of mirrors that imperialistic aspiration. Romulus's vision really, really kind of shows through the expansion through time. And it parallels the historical trajectory of the Roman Empire, which expanded through conquest and assimilation, shaping the course of Western civilization in general. Overall, this myth of Romulus and Remus transcends its narrative boundaries to encapsulate broader themes of identity and power and destiny, and also to kind of explain what the Roman Empire is going to look like. It offers insights into the origins of Rome and the complex interplay of divine intervention, human agency, maybe 
historical forces, if you will, that shaped that Roman Empire's rise. Rise to the prominence that we know of it now to this day. So with that being said, I'll leave it there. I hope you learned something new. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Take care, everybody. Thank yourself. Thank your hands and your feet, your voice, your eyes. Maybe you're not in pain right now. Maybe you are in pain. You won't be in pain forever. Just like if you're happy right now. Not meaning to be wah-wah, but you won't be happy forever either. So just be now with it all. Much love. Tempus Estes Gatorade.